When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome to Season 5. Support for the Boner Planet Podcast is presented by Dead Down Wind, Tinks, Shadow Hunter Blinds, Burris Optics, Dead Ringer, The Grind, Bomar Archery, Element Outdoors, Reveal Cellular Camera, HHA and HHA USA, Black Eagle Arrows. Additional support provided by Deer Camp Coffee and Yeti Coolers. Hey guys, welcome to the Boner Plant Podcast. We hope everybody's having a good night. Uh, I am hosting tonight Dave Thomas along with Tim Mezrat and Jamie Nopum. Um, and uh, we have Corey Wilson on from Mr. Heater, which is very exciting because this, especially right now, uh, Corey, with how cold it is, <laughs> couldn't ask, you couldn't ask for a better product to be talking with right now than Mr. Heater, that's for sure. How's things going for you guys? Really well. We, we could probably couldn't be having this at a more perfect time. You know, it's. Oh. I think as I speak right now in Ohio, it's negative six, which is, you know, unusual even for us. Yeah. Yeah. Now, people are probably scrambling right now to get your products, of, you know, in their houses, <laughs> like probably like crazy right now. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. This year has been like unlike any other I've ever seen. I mean, we started off this year. Um, I'd say unseasonably warm and typically in heater world when it's warm heaters don't sell and as soon as it's cold man they're gone this year we were selling out and it was hot out and we couldn't for the life of us we couldn't figure out what was going on so yeah maybe they had um, the farmer's almanac or something you're right <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about some of the new stuff you guys are working on soon but before we do the iconic uh, Buddy Heater has been literally the hands-down go-to, I think, for hunters for multiple years here. Um, well, can you tell us a little bit about those heaters? Like, what's I guess, what's the big thing for the hunter with those heaters? Because I feel like every hunter has one of them things. Yeah, yeah, I know that the Buddy Heater's been around for about 20 years now. Wow. Um, we, we patented okay. it um, right around the year 2000, I, I believe. So um, the innovation with it, was really around the oxygen sensor. So the way it works is it has a thermal probe and uh, a pilot light. And as we all know, a flame will go up to seek oxygen as the oxygen in the space goes down. So the way it works is that thermocouple sends a small electrical impulse to a magnet. And as long as the flame stays on that thermocouple, it overpowers the magnet's natural tendency to you know, seek its opposite and close when the oxygen in the space goes down, that flame will go up. And as it comes off of that thermocouple, that small gap as the flame bounces up, um, stops the electrical impulse. And then that millisecond, the magnet will slam shut and um, close and shut off the oxygen. So that's why it fails safe all the time, every time um, based on physics. That is 
pretty cool, man. I, I love the science on that. It's, you know, and, and, and it's coming, it's coming handy with myself. You know, I, I, I'm a big camper and I do some, you know, cold weather camping and that kind of thing. And I've used, so I, I have, and I love Mr. I love Mr. Heater, man. I, I got a couple of them. I got the little buddy and I got the big buddy and in my camper, I have um, a hybrid. So it's got kind of, you know, tented sides where, you know, it can get pretty cold. Mm -hmm. I have, a, I have the big buddy heater that I hook up to a 20 gallon tank on that thing. It lasts forever, first of all, but second of all, it's safe enough to be able to run inside that camper. I crack the window about six to eight inches just so there's some sort of flow of oxygen going through. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I've had no issues using that thing, even indoors inside a camper in the wintertime to keep my uh, camper nice and toasty, man. Yeah, the, the one thing that we hear, I'd say semi-often, is from people using it up in, you know, like Colorado, up in the mountains. And because of that system that I just described, um, the air is obviously thinner the higher up you go. And the product is so safe, it turns off at about a, it's a little, it's around a 1% change in oxygen. So as you know, like you're fine up in, you know, Denver and Leadville and those areas. But um, the oxygen sensor is so sensitive that sometimes when you get up there on low quality oxygen days, it'll actually turn it off. Interesting. Um, so it's, it's very sensitive. It's very safe. Um, you know, Mr. Heater's kind of, we actually literally created the safety standard that that heater's judged to. So when the products first came out, there was no such thing as an indoor safe propane heater. Everyone just thought propane, you can't take it inside, it'll kill you. So we actually had to not only invent the product, but then invent the safety standard to make sure that the product was judged by a standard that, you know, is continually safe. Love it. I love Very it. Cool. Yeah. It's a, with me, with us hunting and, you know, the property that we're at, we have multiple spots that we potentially hunt throughout the season and even throughout the hunt that we're on. Like I might hunt, hunt somewhere in the morning and then somewhere different at night and, where you can, by all means, take that Mr. Heater and tra travel with it and pack it into wherever you're going. I love having the option of having multiple Mr. Heaters and just having them set up and ready to go in each and every blind that I sit in. Actually, yeah. <laughs> we fixed that because what we did is we all we all kept one in each one. And so it yep. didn't matter which one you went to, there's one in there. The key was, <laughs> did you have the attachment to the big 20 yeah. pound propane or were you bringing the little green things, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And this year, we got these uh, shadow hunter blinds coming. So we're a little, we're really excited about that. Cause I feel like I'm not going to need it on as long. I can turn it on, heat that baby up and it'll have insulation. So I can shut it off and it'll be like, boom, I got, you know, less gas yeah. and ready to go. <laughs> so a recommendation there would be uh, kick it up on high, um, but you don't, don't turn it all the way off. Just turn it back to the pilot because the pilot puts out about, I think it's like 300 to 500 BTUs of heat. So oh, wow. the other like thing is like, especially if you're, you're bow hunting, you don't want to hear the clack of the piezo when you go to yeah. start it up if you get cold. Yeah. So if you just keep it on that pilot setting, Good idea. you can always flip it back on and have the gas go into low. That's a great That's idea. a pro Good tip, idea. guys. Pro tip. The one <laughs> thing I haven't Remember found that. yet, though, and I honestly don't think that you guys can solve for this, is somebody to go out to my ground ground <laughs> and start it before I get there. <laughs> you get up to Wi-Fi. If you could put like a remote start in it, that would be a remote start. <laughs> you, you have kids? Isn't that what they're for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, out there. No, I, yeah, my, another my thing family. to keep in mind too is uh, when a lot, a lot of guys do what you do and keep you know keep a heater in each of their blinds. That we have a. Uh, property down in Arkansas that we go down to and it's you know a bunch of guys hunt camp all that stuff but um, we have several blinds and what we do is uh, we keep them in bags we actually make a Mr. Heater buddy bag um, but what happens is for some reason insects and, and animals in general are attracted to that smell of propane and so what they'll do is they'll get in that oxygen sensor the pilot assembly and so people who leave it out there oftentimes will be calling our customer service saying, oh my God, this thing won't light. And the reason is things have gotten down in there. And you got to remember the orifice that the gas comes through is like the size of maybe like two hairs. And so even if just a couple of pieces of dust get over that thing, you'll, you'll have a starting issue. So keep it in the bag, um, take it out of the bag when you're going to use it. Once a year, get in there with a Q-tip. I like to put like rubbing alcohol in it, like rip the excess cotton off, dump, dunk it into rubbing alcohol, and then get inside that pilot assembly and clean it out once a year, and you won't have issues. The other thing is when you start it up, I like to like push it down and just hold it down for like 60 seconds. 
um, even if you felt like there's some gas coming through, because a lot of guys sit there and like hammer on the thing. Yeah. Um, and they're only allowing gas to flow when it's depressed. And what you got to do is you have to have enough gas flowing through the system to sustain a pilot light. Because remember, that pilot has to stay on the thermocouple to make the whole system prove. So if you hold it in for 60 seconds and then press it down and light it, usually you've charged the system with enough gas that it'll maintain the heat on that thermal probe. And then you can just flip it straight over to you know high and go with it. So, I love plus it. you make less noise out there. No, that's yeah. a great tip too. I mean, and that just speaks to the quality that you guys are putting out there and how easy they are to maintenance. You know, absolutely. And I, I wouldn't, I honestly, for something that can be potentially dangerous, and I, and I say that because there's other brands out there that don't do what you guys do in regards to the, to the safety mechanisms. I wouldn't trust any other brand to use with my family or even myself inside my camp or even inside the ground blind. I mean, carbon monoxide or I don't know if it's carbon monoxide, but the, the fumes that you would get from that, that, that um, the, the deprivation of air, if you will, is yeah. serious, man. So it's, it's definitely a big concern when you're using that type of equipment that you do it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. It's nothing to play around with. Um, we actually have a new patent going into product. It's starting this year going forward. So over the past 20 years, the riddle was to try, well, the riddle initially was to solve how do you turn the heater off in case the oxygen goes down so it doesn't you know, hurt the person. Um, the riddle after that was how do you stop fires? Because ultimately, like the only way heaters are going to kill you or hurt you two different ways, it's going to be by lack of oxygen or, you know, a fire. And so the number one issue that we would see in the market is what you call a cross-threaded regulator. So it'd be somebody who takes a one pound bottle or a hose and because it's cold out, they'll try and force it into the regulator. Um, and then we always tell people leak check, right? Like put some soapy water, spray it. Um, not everyone does that. And so what'll happen sometimes is you get this slow leak around the, the regulator and it can actually ignite off of the burner. And when that happens, it burns inside the regulator um, until a fire starts enough that it blows through the diaphragm and then you get a big flame coming out of the heater and people panic as they should and um, things happen. So what we invented and is going forward as our, our newest patent is a, uh, we call it a, thermal probe or a thermal shutdown system. The way it works is when that fire starts inside of the regulator, we have a thermodynamic plastic system, which basically is just a fancy word for things that'll melt at a certain temperature. And so when that fire starts, the inside components melt and the spring that holds the probe down on your one pound bottle to activate the gas that allows it to go into the regulator, when all those pieces melt, that uh, falls apart, the spring shoots up and the probe ah. shoots up. So now it auto extinguishes. So it'll be the only indoor safe self-extinguishing heater on the market. Awesome, man. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Cool. But um, the one that I really like, we make, it's called a 540 heater. So it's 360 degrees of heat. And then it also goes this way and you can angle it. It's like 45,000 BTUs of heat. That's a lot of heat. It's a lot of heat. So it's really good. like. Again, you know, for hunt camp, if you don't have like a, you know, one of those hillbilly stoves or something, yeah. I'll sit around, you light one of those up and put it on a 20 pound tank and everyone can kind of circle around and huddle up and drink a beer and keep your hands warm. Yeah, this is the one I'm using the 45,000 BTU. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this thing, cool. this thing uh, is so warm. And I can sit outside with it right now. That's what I love about it. I, I built like a little tent city in my backyard. And then I use this on the, on the, on top of the propane tank. And I just like, it's amazing that I can like go out there and just get some air. Honestly, it's been so hard stuck in the house all the time. And it's nice. Just even in the cold <laughs> to go sit out there, I'll, you know, stand up, turn my back to it. It warms my whole back up, but it, that thing, it puts off a lot of heat on low, a lot more heat than I think people would realize. And the reason I say that is if I stand up next to it, and let's say I've got my hands over the top of it or whatever, I'm just staying warm. I realized, uh, you know, my, my stomach area was getting pretty warm. Like, so it's basically really projecting heat at a nice, you know, circular motion and all over the place. So that thing is bad bones. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out, I never understood the wires in it though. What do the wires do that are all inside of it? There's like tons of wires on it. Yeah. So, and all, most of the heaters now, um, to the new safety standards, to certified to the new safety standards, 
they have to be uh, able to turn off if the heater tips. And I want to say it's like 35 degrees. And so those wires that you're seeing are going into a tip switch, but it has that a similar system to the buddy heater with that thermal, uh, thermal probe. So basically one side of that system is detecting heat. It's running through this tip switch that's completing the circuit. And that tip switch is like a ball on a lever. And if it tips past 35 degrees, the ball falls off, the lever kind of disconnects from itself, the, the metal connection, and it stops the flow of electricity, which is what's keeping the heater running. So it's it's a safety system. Um, you know, really important. You don't want you don't want somebody to kick one of those things over. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to make sure it wasn't some sort of electric start or something I wasn't aware of. No, no, now, now there are. I don't think we have it on the 541 that you're talking about, there, but there are some tank tops that have like a piezo ignition where you like clack it and go, um, you know, just like a camp stove or something like that. But I don't think the 540 has one of those. So that's probably not what you're seeing. It, so Corey, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but Bowhunter Planet has a, uh, a long history with Mr. Keeter. And I, I mm. way back in the day, we're talking about 11 plus years ago. Okay. <laughs> when when we first started, Dave and I Dave and I started this uh, the Bow Hunter Planet in his garage, and we're in Michigan, right? So oh, cool. winter time yeah, rolls around, and you 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 can't get away from the cold. It's cold outside, and you know his his garage was not heated, so we ended up we we had one of your forced air heaters, one of the big jet ones. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. And it was it was a fun it was the funnest time because we we would have to plan it where because it was loud, like those things are not quiet yeah. at all. So yeah. we, we would have to run it to the point where it got nice and hot in the garage. And, you know, we did, we had the garage door open and all that kind of stuff. Um, we would run it in the garage, keep, get it nice and warm. And then we'd have to shut it off, try and do all of our video clips real quick on what we were working on. So we didn't freeze so you'd see the breast start to come back. <laughs> and then you'd see the breast start coming out on video. We'd have to shut it all down and restart the heater. It was so funny. <laughs> and also what we noticed happened, like you would shut it off and then like, there would be like, from the heat expanding inside the garage and then all of a sudden retracting, you would get like metal noises from all yeah. over the garage. Yeah. Like, clink, clink, clink. Like all these weird sounds were like, oh my God, like how are we going to get around this? It was so cool. I remember that it would be like, you would see the frost coming to him, be like, gotta, gotta cut, gotta cut. We're going to have to turn the heat back up for a little bit. Then we go outside, have a cigar or something outside and we come back in like, oh yeah, all right. Yeah. That was so funny. Some of the funnest so, times. To that point, one of the things that we, uh, Gosh, so I started with the company about 10 years ago. So you guys started like a year before I started. So probably about five years ago, we invented something we call QBT, which is quiet burner. So we, we put it in a quiet burner technology. We put it inside that forced air heater that you guys are talking about. No way. So if you were to turn on an old forced air heater and then a quiet burner heater, like turn the old one on and then ours on, then turn the old one off, you can hear a massive difference. It's like 50% quieter. And wow. the idea was like a lot of our customers, like we have a huge following in the outdoor industry because of the buddy heaters, but I would say probably the larger side of our business is in the, like the construction and yeah. hardware side. And so those guys who are using those heaters, you know, they sound like jet engines, you know, they're, they're walking around with it all day. They go home with their ears humming. So adding that technology to that heater was like, I think a, a huge huge thing for their lives because they got to go home and, you know, not, yeah. not have a head. <laughs> I love it. So let me ask you guys a question. Um, you, you're, I'm, I'm a new bow hunter. So I've been hunting for a long time, rifle, new to the bow, got a, an expedition MX 16 that mm -hmm. I started out with this year, loving it. Um, I haven't noticed any issues at all with my buddy heater up in a stand and getting, you know, getting scented, by a deer. Have you guys had any issues with that or seen that? Or you take the buddy heaters up with you when you're bowing? I've taken the little buddy up with me at times, but my issue has always been, I have to do it to where I don't, the, the platform has to be big enough because I don't want it to be like too close to me and I got to make sure my clothes don't get burned or anything. So mm -hmm. I've, I've only done it two or three times, but I've never had an issue with that. But we use those heaters so much in regular deer season in the ground blind, which yeah would be worse than in the tree because in the ground blind it, you're it's like right there it's on the ground with them in the air you got the, the air flows higher so the scent is a lot easier to, to divert disperse correctly and get as long as you're playing the wind too you know and, and doing it right uh, but i've never had an issue with sound from that heater or uh scent from the heaters at all 
in yeah, any hunts it, I've done. Just a second what Dave said, you know, I, I'm a big ground blind hunter. That's pretty much all I do. But um, to that point that Dave was talking about being up in the air, I mean, would you actually help if there was going to be an issue um, with any of those heaters because of the airflow and all that stuff. But because I'm a ground blind heater, I actually shot my first buck while my heater was, was on. And I shot the last, actually, I shot the last three deer that I shot. My heater was running every single one that I took. So I've never had an issue with any sort of scent issues or them, you know, hearing me. The one thing that I do is in the morning, because we like to get out there before the sun comes up, right? So the one thing that I do do is I'll shut the blinds to my window if I'm going to put my heater on because yeah, of the light. It and it's very little out. light, but because of the light that comes out of it, you know, your ground blind, you want to be, you want to be blended in with the background of your ground blind. If you have front light coming at you, deer are going to see you easier, especially in those morning hours. So I will close my ground blind windows until it's nice and toasty in there and it's shooting light. Then I'll take them down. And for the first maybe half hour, hour or so, I'll shut the, the, the heater off so I don't have any of that ambient light coming in. But that's the only concern for me is just the light, um, the light pollution, not any sort of scent pollution at all. Yeah, I don't think that propane bothers them that much. I mean, no. I run thermocells all the time and don't have an issue too. And that's, and that's even got a little scent, so. Yep. Good question, man. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, it's all been rifle hunting for me and I, I've never had an issue, but you know, most of my shots are, you know, 75 plus yards. So, it, you know, wouldn't be as much of an issue bow hunting it, you know, be less of an issue than if you're bow hunting it. I, I would be any, surprised uh, if that was the issue. If you tried to shoot a deer was the, was the, was the, was the heater you probably just needed some dead down wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually use that stuff. I love it. It's great. We've yeah. used, we're so happy about Dead Down Wind sponsoring the show because we've used Dead Down Wind. Even when they weren't sponsoring us, we still used it. We've always used Dead Down Wind on the show or on BHB. And we've tried other ones and they work okay and all that. But Dead Down Wind's always been one. And back to when Gary owned it, it was like always like the stuff that worked. Like we, you never needed, you know, like there's guys in our, our, on our uh, team that sprayed down head to toe and dead down wind before they got <laughs> chapstick and deodorant and everything they never so get winded no matter what the wind is that's why you know it's such a pace <laughs> yeah it's such a huge deal but yeah especially for bow hunting because you got to get close and having the right scent protection is important and a lot of times you're not going to obviously need the heater in early season anyway so you don't have to even consider that but sometimes what you have to think about like in a tree stand like that is you know the movement right do you have the room to do it are you going to kick it off the platform on accident <laughs> you know what i mean can you tie it down to the platform is it going to be in your way or impede you climbing in and out you know for danger you know you got to be careful so the way i look at it is like i would tie it off and pull it up and then i'd have to set it down but again it's going to be how big is my platform to give me enough room to set that and then also not kick it not have an issue I mean, there was times where I was hunting bear and I put bear mace on a thing and accidentally hit that off. And you're talking a little, you know, smaller than this, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so you don't want, you know, and even that kind of like creeped me out. Cause I'm like, I don't want to make any noise or sound. So it's definitely, um, you know, something to think about whatever, when you're doing it, but yeah. Absolutely. yeah so, so Corey talking about your product line a little bit more, you, you have other products out there that, you know, not only heat, but that you can actually double as like cooking systems while you're out. Yeah, yeah. So our newest product this year is called the the Buddy Flex, and so it flex because it's kind of like a hub. It flexes the, to be more than a heater. So the idea is, you know, Buddy heater. You know, it's been out twenty years. We wanted to kind of pull our consumers and understand, like, if you're going to get a Buddy heater 2.0, what would you really want out of that thing? What does that look like? And so what we came up with or what really not us but what, what the consumer told us was we want something that has a wider heat pattern so that was number one so in a current buddy heater because it's a radiant heater a radiant heater only heats the object in front of it and most people if you're say like ice fishing or something like that with a buddy heater you'll put this in the corner of the the shelter or the hub that you're in and whatever that heater's facing they're getting a hundred percent of the heat but if you're to the left or to the right of it, you're basically getting zero. So this new design, you can kind of see in that bottom left-hand corner, the burner's now shaped kind of like 180 degrees. And so if you put that in the corner, you're getting that like 
arch of heat coming out that's covering the entire space. So that was the number one thing. The, the number two thing was people wanted to be able to cook with it. Now we've for years been getting a lot of jerry-rigged systems where people would put their own cooking system on top hey, of a you. heater. And man, so it's, well, it's just terrifying <laughs> to look at, you know? Yeah. Um, so we wanted to be able to address that and give people a safe way to be able to cook with it. So the heater actually has a, has a separate accessory that you buy separate now, um, a cooker, and it comes with a quick connect. And the cool thing is it'll actually quick connect directly to the heater and use the heater's gas supply as well as the heater's oxygen sensor. And so while we tell you to use it outdoors um, because it's an outdoor cooker, it's using that oxygen sensor just to make sure that everything, you know, that environment is, is safe. Um, so you can throw a pan on that. It's actually an amazing little cooker. One of the things a lot of people don't know, how would you know, we actually made a lot of the Burger King broiler systems and that material that's on there, it's actually the same material that they use in the Burger King broiler system. So no way. yeah, it's wow. really good at radiating heat out evenly um, and makes it an excellent cooking service. Awesome, so, man. Yeah, so, I think I, I saw that. I was actually, you know, I was, I was just looking around. I think it was at Cabela's, if I'm not okay. mistaken, where I was walking through and I saw the flex, the buddy flex. And it made me stop and look at it, man, for about five minutes. I'm looking at the things going, this thing's pretty cool. So yeah. that, that's where you guys are selling them, right? Is it, is it, am I right on Cabela's? Is that where yeah. I saw it? Yeah. 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 So Bass Pro, Cabela's, um, Sportsman's Warehouse, Academy, um, Dick's Sporting Goods. I actually think Dick's is online, but you can get it at, those are most like the national majors that you can find it at. And then, you know, up by you guys, I would suppose Dunham's, um, Northwoods. Those guys have it. Ooh, Northwoods. Northwoods. Yeah. Gosh, we love yeah. Northwoods. Actually, that's where I lot. That's where I bought my last Mister Heater. Was at cool. Northwoods. That place, man. That'll suck you in, and you'll, you'll be spending six hours in that place. It makes my wife so mad. Like I could stay there for two hours. She's like, "We got to get up north." Are you guys also? Isn't it? You like? Are you guys walk in? And it's like, all right, I'll go in this little barn, and then next thing you know, you're like, I don't know, a hundred feet back, and it kind of rained your way through. Ooh, snakes. <laughs> Northwoods is a necessity. That's like that, you know, like in Michigan, we draw these lines, like, how do you know when you're up North, right? Is it, yeah. is it this highway or is it this bridge or is it the UP? Like, what do you call up North? Right. To me, you're up North when you hit Northwoods. So you go to Northwoods and anything North and Northwoods, that's my up North. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I get behind that. I love it. I, I, I can, I can see it. I can see the glean in Dave's eye, by the way, about this Buddy Flex cooker, because I can just imagine the pies that he's going to heat up <laughs> on this thing. He's going to go out and so buy he, the best pies. And he's, cook he's been cooking Walmart little mini pies on this thing Come since on. he since Why we. Why am I getting thrown under the bus here? <laughs> Don't be spilling the beans on how I'm misusing something. Well, that's the thing. It's you don't ridiculous. have to spill the beans. You can just cook the beans and eat them. There you go. <laughs> So, yeah, so the I, last thing we put on that one um, was if you saw the front of that, there's a, a little bit heavier, like if you scroll up just a little bit more, if you look at the front of that heater, you see that big black shroud going around it? Yeah. yeah. Um, the last thing that we kind of heard from our consumers was, generally speaking, um, a guy will initiate the purchase, but a lot of times it's more than just, you know, a guy hunting using it it's a lot of times his wife taking it to like a baseball game or soccer or football. Smart. game, And uh, so the current buddy heater, because it was the main concern was made, making an indoor safe heater. We didn't really concern ourselves with what wind would do to it too much. Um, in the old buddy heater, wind blows out the pilot pretty easily in this new buddy heater that shroud helps protect considerably more from the wind. So if, you know, if the, your wife or, or you want to take it out and go to the soccer game, football game, you can set it out and it's going to hold up a little bit better to the outdoor elements, not just the indoor elements as well. That's so, an awesome, awesome idea. Awesome idea. <laughs> not, not only, not only the shroud, but you just sold about a thousand of those because you gave everybody listening an idea of how to sell it to their wife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's not for me, honey. It's not no, for me. It's, it's for, for everybody. Yeah. It's for you. <laughs> no. Happy Happy Valentine's Day. 
<laughs> oh, Corey, that's Where? awesome, man. Are these available in like re- big retail stores like Home Depot and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So you can find it Home Depot. I want to say Lowe's as well. I mean, the, the great thing about the buddy heaters is that it, it's truly a universal product. It, we're we're very fortunate in the fact that we we created patented a product that's as usable to a guy in their garage as it is to the guy out hunting, um, as it is to you know his wife at a you know soccer game. So it's truly a universal product, and and that's why for us it was just so overwhelmingly important to make sure that these things are safe and reliable and um, easy to use and operate by everyone. Yeah, look at that big old carrying handle there, nice yep. and easy. Yep, and you guys have definitely up. cornered the market. And, you know, I said this, I, I own a couple of them because I love them and I use them for absolutely everything. Like I said, I use them for camping. I use them for hunting. We'll use it during Halloween, like when we're sitting outside, you know, and we're passing out candy and we're just kind of hanging out in the driveway. We'll have the Mr. Buddy heater going. It is, it is a universal tool. Not only that, but in light of in light of the cold winter that we have and actually what's going on in Texas right now, what a what an amazing backup heat source, right? Yeah. You don't need electricity for this. It runs off of propane. If you lose power in your house or you lose power where you're at, the Mr. Buddy heater system can literally be a lifesaver in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. We actually considered, and I, I don't know if I'm letting the cat out of the bag for Matt here, but one of the ad campaigns we were going to run is uh, Buddy Heater Saved My Life. Because yeah. it, if you go to a trade show, and I've been to many over the last 10 years with the, with the company, one of the very first things I usually hear from somebody is they'll walk up to me and be like, man, that thing saved my life. And then they'll go into their story about how they were freezing or you know, whatever happened, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the category of these is are in emergency indoor heaters. Yep. Um, and, you know, so for your home, it is a, an excellent source for emergency heat when you need it. Absolutely. Jamie, you're going to have yeah. to add this to your Armageddon bag, your go bag. Uh, we are. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be adding one of these. But, <laughs> but, but no, that's exactly what happened to us. You know, it was about this weather right and the only thing i had working was the uh fireplace because it was propane you know we had no power and you know i i I didn't have the furnace hooked up so in the other side of the room on on the uh you know the walkway there we had had a buddy heater and that's we all slept in the living room and tried to stay as warm as we could i love my big buddy heater too i mean the two propane tanks that you can keep on board are awesome and you can I typically what I do for the, you know, for the hunting and stuff is in camping is I, I bought the, um, cause you guys sell accessories. Like you, like you sell the uh, 20 gallon propane tank hoses, the adapters, the fuel filters, like the whole bolt of what you need. I got, you know, I got all that stuff and you know, that, that's what I do is I'll hook it up to a 20 gallon propane tank and literally be good all season. I think if I was doing my research correctly and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that the, the heaters could run up to 40 hours on a 20 gallon propane tank. That that's correct. Yeah. And I think the other important thing just to mention while we're on here is that um, the, the actual hose that you use matters a lot. Yep. So there's something called plasticizers inside of uh, oil and it, it, or inside of rubber. And it's actually the oil that's in the rubber. So what will happen is if you, if you were to use an, a non-oil-free hose and hook it up directly to the heater. If you were to turn the heater off but leave the tank on, it would pressurize that hose and the pressure from the tank would actually push the oil out of the hose and then it would collect in that lowest part of the heater, which is the oxygen sensor. So when you go to light it, you'll actually, the heater will be ruined. You'll have to place replace that whole assembly Wow! Um, because of that. So we actually make, we make a fuel filter and the the term is kind of misleading. We probably should have called it something else, honestly, like a fuel separator, because it's a patented product that we have. And what it does is it doesn't just filter contaminants out. It actually separates oil and collects it at the bottom. Ah, okay. Gas can go through without ruining your heater or you other plants. need to do this. I was going to say, I wasn't smart enough to know anything that you were talking about when I was buying it. But that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what what I did know when I was buying it is that because it because of the dangers that exist with with heaters in general, I knew I was buying all Mister Heater brand stuff, the hose and everything. 
but that makes a lot of sense because because when you guys talk about your fuel filter you talk about when when you don't need it and you don't need it when you buy your hose right but you need it if you don't buy your hose and that makes a lot of sense from what you were saying as to why yep absolutely as long as you use it with mr heater product you're safe now i always recommend using the fuel filter even with our hose because it also doubles as a filter so you know tanks are exchanged back and forth and rust out you get a lot of crap in the inside of them so if you use our filter you're also making sure that the contaminants in the tank don't pass along inside your system. Um, but it also, if there's any residual oil or any, any other contaminant, you're making sure that that's separating and filtering out. So. Well, good, because I have the big buddy heater. So I got both sides, right? That hold a propane tank. I got the filter screwed into one for my 20 gallon. And then I got the, uh, the other side free for my one gallon. If I just want to run the one gallon, if I'm just running out somewhere. So there you that's go. Awesome. You guys know to, uh, do you have any of the, um, one pound refill adapters do you guys i do actually i picked one up that was what i was using out with our last hunt camp when we when when dave and jamie and i went out um you know we we run through propane tanks if you're just doing the one pounders you'll run through like one a day because you're out there all day and uh, i bought one of those and they were super easy to refill super easy yeah Yeah, i think a lot of people get nervous about it but man after you've used it a few times and you understand the system like i'll never go back it's it'll pay for itself in a heartbeat it's ridiculous how cheap i mean the price to get it but then the price you save on buying from those one gallon tanks and not only from save from buying them there's a lot of people just that just don't throw them out or don't dispose of them the correct way right and so the you know just the savings on the side from buying it but not only that from disposing it um, you know is awesome yeah Yeah, i mean that's the thing like so yeah we hunt in a small town and as soon as people figure out it's hunting, you know, it's getting close to gun season and it's going to get cold, you're not going to find any of them green tanks. Yep. <laughs> so you better have a bag <laughs> I got about 20 of the one pound tanks from people that are like, I'm not refilling this thing. I'll just go buy a new one. I'm like, I'll take it. Right. Give it to me. I'll refill it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'm thinking about this guy. So let's just pitch this, right? So we got the flex cooker in my blind. Of course. No, 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 no. Listen, no, no. hold on. You started that I off got completely eggs, wrong. I got bacon. Completely I got sausage. Wrong. I got hashies. I'm going to cook the works with some fresh coffee. I'm like literally going to go all out oh, and man. I'm going to do it in a beautiful, beautiful blind. <laughs> it's going to be crackling well, bacon and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah that, that that that's so i'm not i'm not making suggestions of what you guys should actually do it's more more uh more just funny but if you guys can come out with a propane coffee maker <laughs> for the ground blind that'd be awesome. well i got well I actually, i'm just glad you guys got all these percolate. funny smells coming out of your blind it makes my life a little easier <laughs> there you go. There you go. sometimes you just want to go out and play Fortnite, right dave sometimes <laughs> other times I, I honestly like the whole the whole when i'm in a ground blind i'm like it's a whole different thing to me it's not like hunting a ground blind to me is like just relaxing it's more like i'll have a cigar relax i don't really care if i see i mean it's not like a i want to enjoy myself like i don't want to just go and hunt all the time like i like hunting like i love sitting out there but sometimes like when i'm in a tree stand with a compound it's like game on like it's a serious let's go because yeah, i can't do freezing. anything yeah, but I can't yeah, do anything. There's no the room. Blowing. There's no room, so I know I'm like in it. I'm in it for hunting only. But if I'm in a ground blind, I'm like, uh, now with these shadow hunter blinds coming, I'm like, I could just relax a little bit. You know, if I see a big buck, I'll take care of business, right? But if, if I see some again. does, I'm not gonna shoot them anyway. I'm just gonna enjoy myself. Never gonna shoot a deer again once we get these uh, shadow hunter ground blinds up, man. I guarantee it. No, and actually, <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna are, go well. Probably. No. Are, are those hard sided? Yeah, they are. they're like legit Cadillac type blinds. So excited. That oh. is awesome. Yeah, so, but yeah, we we never had that issue you mentioned earlier with the, uh, the uh, insects and bugs, but I think it's because we don't actually leave them out there that long. We no, only put them out there the during the hunt days, camp. Yeah. So oh. it's like during that weekend, we leave them in there, but then like we don't leave them out there. They come back in before we leave, leave. So they're out there like a day or two. Yeah, if like Three we're days. out there for a week, we'll run out the day. Not that it couldn't happen, running, but and we'll, we'll hey, set up the 20 gallon and all that kind of stuff, get it all prepped. Then drive we it for out. a week and then we break it all down. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're probably okay there. It's a lot of guys will leave it out there for like the entire season or yeah. even in like your garage if you're not keeping it in something, you know, like dust and stuff like that gets oh, in good it. Good point. Just, 
better to store them in something in the off season when you're not using them. Yeah. So Corey, do you have any, uh, do you have any luck uh, bow hunting last year? No. So I, I, I usually do my trip for about two weeks, um, sat out there and learned a lot my first week, you know, it's, um, that's what us losers say. We learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Se- I'm one of them, weekend. by the way. So <laughs> Se- second week, I got it done with a uh, with my rifle. But yeah, first week, first week, I just learned a lot. But yeah. uh, you know, like I said, I'm I'm really new. Like literally, this was, that was my first week ever out bow hunting. Um, been practicing a lot, learning a lot, man. I I, I actually like. I hope next year I can get one with my bow because there was just something about it, like. And I know I'm t- preaching to the choir here, but it, it was it was like learning to hunt all over again. It was so exciting. Yeah. I had so much fun. So many things that I wasn't paying attention to before mm-hmm. that, you know, I started paying attention to. Um, you know, like you were saying, like when I'm rifle hunting and I'm up in a blind, like I, like certain sounds and smells and, you know, the wind, I'm just not as cognizant of. I'm just kind of hanging out and waiting for one to walk across when you're out there, like on the side of a tree, it's just a completely different feeling. It was, no, yeah, it's... We, we have that conversation all the time, but it's in, in kind of a different light because I'm a, I'm a crossbow hunter. I love to crossbow hunt. Mm. And I get a lot of flack for that because people equate crossbow hunting to gun hunting. And what mm. they, what, what I always ask them is, have you ever even tried it? Because if you've never even tried it, crossbow hunting is really from the hunt standpoint, the style, your scent, what you have to do to stay hidden and, and all that kind of stuff is no different than compound. I'm not reaching out hundred yards. I'm shooting the same distance that 40 to 50 yard, you know, maximum shot when it comes to a crossbow. And you're absolutely right. It's a completely different hunt when you're hunting bow versus gun. And you do have to learn a lot of new stuff. Absolutely. have to learn a lot of new stuff. So it's uh, man, I, I hope you had fun. I'll tell you the one thing that I I've learned over my bow hunting career is, is, is really something that I use in my own life with my, cause I get, you know, married with kids and all that kind of stuff. And it's simple, but it's patience. Patience yeah. is the biggest thing when it comes to, when it comes to bow hunting, because you have to right, wait for the right shot. Yeah. That's so hard. That's yeah. the hardest part. I think I've missed that. I think it's funny that when people, I do both crossbow and compound and if I'm in a tree, it doesn't really, it doesn't change anything for me. I hunt the same strategy the same way. But I think it's interesting because I've actually missed the two biggest bucks of my life with crossbow in a tree. So like looking back on it, I'm like, man, maybe I would have hit that deer if I had my compound. You know what I mean? Like you just start to, and that's why I can never relate that with gun at all. The only, the only good, you know, even when you have to pick up a crossbow, it's like, it's still like holding a gun. You know, if you pick up a gun and freehand it, it's still like, you know, that the crosshairs are not like, it's not going to be the easiest thing. You're going to get a perfect shot. And in fact, Sometimes I feel like with a gun, you can miss easier and faster too, sometimes, to be honest. So at least that's my target shooting with a gun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you can't punch that deer either, right? If it's at a bad angle, when you're bow hunting, you got to be patient and wait for the right angle and the right shot. If you, if you haven't practiced that angle before with the, with the gun, you can, you can pressure through those, those shoulder shots or those front shots where they're, you know, maybe, maybe you wouldn't take the shot with a bow because you don't know if it's going to get all the way through or if it's going to deflect the wrong way. And it's just a different yeah. completely. Yeah. I started my season out, uh, Corey, with the same bow you're using. That was my first bow I used this season in 2020. Oh, okay. And then, uh, but since I have the, we have BHP, I shift between different bows throughout the season. So I'll start with one and I shift to another brand, another brand just for more testing purposes. But and to just kind of play with different things. I mean, because we can, because we have them all. So yeah. it's been kind of fun doing that, but that was a great bow. And I shot it for a while there in the beginning. And then uh, I think I used it for Turkey into early season. Uh, but I recommend, I mean, are you guys, you're hunting in Ohio, right? Well, yeah, I hunt some in Ohio, but we, we have a property down in Arkansas. And so that's, you know, we, we have friends and family all around the country. So Arkansas, for whatever reason, just tends to be, tends to be like a central meeting spot between texas ohio and california so we you guys just want some more friends and family <laughs> yeah come on down I don't know what you're talking about. Ohio's, ohio's amazing honey yeah ohio's yeah. got some monster bucks in, in south uh east southeastern honestly do you guys make fun of us up in michigan <laughs> no don't lie. Do. Don't lie. <laughs> no, no not yeah, because whatever. of our football because of our deer size Oh no no no! no. That I mean, too. It's, football. <laughs> it's football and deer size. Let's be honest. We can't win in either one right now. We're completely right. 
in the wrong on this one. Let's not even get into that. We're not yeah. going to win this fat battle. Ohio State is dominant. Okay, let's just clear the air and be done with it. <laughs> Last year they were. Last year they they'll were. be every year. Yeah, there's always next year. Who's their coach right now? Twenty. You sound like a Browns fan, Tim. <laughs> who's, their, who's their coach? Or Lions or U of M? You know. You yeah. Know. You, you know what's crazy about Ohio though, and it's weird because like you would think like I'm here like I, I should be hunting a lot more in my backyard, but it, it's not easy. Like people who have some property here who, who are into hunting, man, like somebody better die, you know, for you to get a chance to go. Yeah. Hunt that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I've hunted a lot of small private parcels. No, a lot of small private parcels. Yeah. That, that's it. And it's just really hard. You know, like I live in a farming community here, but you know, farmers have big families and yeah. it's, you're number 20 down the line before you get to step out there. So it's tough. I want to say I was reading this, this thing um, it's online. I want to say Ohio is number like 47 or something like that in terms of public land. So like, you know, one being Alaska, 50 being New Jersey, maybe, but we were like number 47. So pretty much, you know, darn near hundred percent of land in Ohio is privately owned. Wow. Crazy. It doesn't make it easy. That's for sure. No, I was going to say, uh, when I hunted Ohio, I hunted with an outfitter and we were, we were in Southeast Ohio and, um, problem, Dave. Well, I know, but what I did, <laughs> believe me, he didn't own the land. He, he leased them all. He leased all these hunts. Like, so he had like four or five properties he leased as part of this hunt deal that he was doing. And so he didn't own any of those lots. They're all farmers who leased it to him and he leased it to the hunters. Uh, but anyway, uh, I could have shot 150 deer. I mean, there are so many deer. I mean, I wasn't allowed to shoot anything unless it was a 140 or up. That was the rule. So I didn't get anything. But, and there was, there was big deer. I mean, the camera showed they were there. 180s, 160s, giant deer. But we just couldn't get them in during the day. I saw one glimpse of a huge buck at one point in the snow. It was amazing. Uh, but does, I could have, I could have, I mean, in small bucks, they were like a diamond dozen there. They just kept walking by like all day. That might be the one thing that Ohio does right is their conservation and how they do the antler point restrictions and how many bucks you can get. It's not just that. There's a lot of good states doing stuff. Yeah. Sorry, Corey. I had one thing. And Mr. Heater, what are you talking about? Yeah, come on. Okay, two things. Okay, okay. I thought we were on the sports thing still. That's all. So so I I got back to my my trip in Arkansas this year. And we got we have some decent deer down there, but it's not like Ohio, right? So I get back and uh I'm pulling up. I still have my truck loaded with stuff from the drive. I'm pulling in and there's this little church by my house, and I'm surrounded by farms. So I'm pulling up and I look to my left and I'm like, my first reaction was I thought it was one of those people that put those stupid like deer statues out, but it was so big. I was looking, I was like, who put a mule deer statue in their front yard? So like, <laughs> I, I stopped and I got out and I was looking at the thing. And so I walked up to it and it, you know, maybe 50, 75 yards away, the thing took off biggest deer I've seen in my entire life. And it was like a baseball throw away from my house. <laughs> like, like, what are the odds? I just drove 14 hours. I could have sat in my backyard and shot this. Here's the, here's the saddest part about us here, here in Michigan. The biggest deer that I think any three, any one of us have seen has been driving through Ohio. Yeah. On the or way Indiana. to the ATA show off Indiana the side of the road. There too. I think it was Indiana though. <laughs> I mean... 180, 190. Was that Ohio or Indiana? No, that was Ohio. I thought it was the South of Ohio. Yeah, I thought it was South Ohio. By the highway under a tree. We're just like, (laughs) I thought, yep, we were both, yeah, you were, you were in one car, we were in the other. What the? Look over and like the biggest deer of our lives. We're not even, we're on the way to an archery association, um, archery trade association event that happens every year. And we see the biggest buck of our lives in Ohio driving. I believe it, man. I swear to God, I saw this one and I thought it was a mule deer. Like it was, it, it, it was just incredible. Like, yeah. I've only seen hilarious. a couple of those in Michigan that even close to that. Yeah, no Michigan's doubt. got some big bucks. I mean, we see them on buck poles. It's not like they don't exist. It's just that they're far. Oh, we've had some in our property. We just can't get a hold of them. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I had a rifle. As soon as October 1st hits, they're gone. 
Yeah, it's so weird. We'll see giant box for a while. I shouldn't say giant bucks. We'll see like 140s, 150s for a little while in the beginning. And then they're all gone. By the time we get there, forget it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, anyway, all right, well, Corey, hey, Corey. Thanks man, a lot, it was man. Nice talking to you, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. If you ever need anything, definitely reach out. And for, for anybody that's listening to you know, if there's ever any questions, um, we have a full-time tech service team. So, Look up that number, call them, they'll walk you through how to clean it, how to start it, um, anything you need. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.